You're listening to Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. That's me, your naturally platinum blonde pop culture connoisseur. I'm the reality TV junkie, self-improvement addict, and host with only the hottest tea spilled fresh weekly. For more hot takes, go and give me a follow at Just Plain Zach. I always keep it funny and I always keep it cute. Or if you like me and you want to stay up to date with the latest reality tea, then go and give us a follow at No Filter with Zach on the Instagram or join our private Facebook group. The link is in the description below. I hope right now you're sipping on some of my fizzy housewives-inspired wine pack and a punch at 13% alcohol by volume, but less than a gram of sugar. Head over to nofilterwine.com to stock up. Must be 21 or older to order. Head over right now, nofilterwine.com. Okay, we have a lot of tea to spill because there was a lot of tea that was spilled over the weekend, um, specifically with Garcelle Bouveau's son. And we have a lot to get to break down today. And I figured I need somebody that, that always has the latest scoop, who's really the real deal. So please welcome back on hashtag nofilter, Mr. Evan Real. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. I feel like this weekend was absolutely insane. And the Garcelle, Oliver, Raquel, of it all, like I'm so still good. trying to wrap my head around it. It's so crazy, but I'm excited because I feel like we're entering another golden era of Vanderpump rules. Like I'm excited for the next season. And I feel like after the last season, I feel like the, the Bravo fandom was like kind of half and half, like, are we excited? Are we not? Should the show end? But like the kids are bringing it. They are being so messy. There's so much drama to unpack. And I I cannot wait. And I'm so glad that Raquel is doing the most. The most. Okay. Because I know when they were on the off season, we had like all the breakups happening. And, um, you know, there were all, there was so much happening that everybody was like, why is Vanderpump Rules not filming right now? And then finally, once they picked up production, I remember being like, oh, they missed so much. That so like, is it going to be any good? And now we're just seeing that like, there is so much happening. And Raquel, who I was okay losing last season, I'm like, I'm I'm so glad Raquel's going to be the MVP this season. Oh my God. Yeah. I feel feel like she's going to carry this season because she's hooking up with Schwartz. Then she's hooking up with Oliver Saunders, which is Garcelle's son. And that's exciting in and of itself. Uh, Apparently Sheena is upset with Katie and over the whole like Raquel of it all. Like there just seems like there's like a lot of drama to be had on this season. And I'm happy that Raquel is at the center of all because I, you mentioned that you could lose Raquel, but I, I always felt like there was potential there. And after breaking up with James, I feel like she's just going to flourish and become a standout star of the series. So I'm excited for her and I'm glad she's performing. Like she, she, I feel like she's understanding the assignment. I mean, it took her long enough. Um, I feel like <laughs> I was the biggest Raquel critic because I was like, we really don't okay. need her on this show. Um, I hope we got rid of Charlie. Like, if anything, if I can bra- pray to baby Jesus and give him a blowjob, like, Charlie has to go because I think Charlie brings nothing to the show. Other than the cute moment she tried to have, and I say tried very um, loosely, tried to have with Jax at the her first reunion, it was cute, but I don't think she's brought anything beyond that i think she's beautiful she's very pretty she is very pretty and yeah i i don't know if she's brought anything Evan, that's beyond- like saying that's like saying you have a great personality <laughs> no i <laughs> i know i think not- that charlie is gorgeous and she does have a great personality and i agree with you i think she had a moment with jackson that was wonderful i think that she has potential but 
maybe the other cast members aren't like leaning into her potential so therefore she like doesn't have an opportunity to show what she's capable of and this opportunity has now been given to Raquel because Raquel is like bopping all over the place with shorts with Oliver I feel like she's kind of in good standing with most of the cast so that works out for her as well so I mean look like Raquel kind of seemed like a little like easygoing a little bit too mellow in comparison to our OG Vanderpump Rules stars but I think that now she like is kind of like leaning into the job a little bit more so I would love nothing more than for Raquel to be the queen of Vanderpump Rules season 10 I, I love the idea of that I don't hate it I'm gonna tell you that I don't hate well we'll see what she brings she's clearly in a lot of the mix but she's got to carry the mix as well otherwise yes. she's just gonna be you know getting dragged like Sutton um but let's drive oh. into let's dive into the Oliver stuff so Oliver who's Garcelle's son was outed by his wife for all of these um messages that he was sending in the DMs and in the text messages to all these different women. Um, So his wife, Samantha, began posting a series of screenshots in this exchange with him and several other women. She claims that he'll have a guest role on Vanderpump Rules in the new season. Obviously, we know he works at Vanderpump Paris out in Las Vegas. So she claims that part of Raquel's storyline is that she's going to be dating him, but apparently he's been married the entire time. But in a lot of the DMs, he's claiming that he was getting a divorce and that he was separated from Samantha. Samantha's also accused Garcelle of saying that Garcelle's trying to, to silence her and gasp, Garcelle has unfollowed her. What? An unfollow <laughs> says a lot. Um, and so here, I'll just read in part what uh, she posted to her Instagram. Um, she says that I've been told to stay silent, divorce, since Oliver has started working for Vanderpump Paris. He has disrespected me and my kids in every way possible. He's made jokes about my mental health and suicidal thoughts with coworkers. He's committed adultery with coworkers and guests of the restaurant. I found out that he made out with Raquel while filming Vanderpump Rules and plans to continue to go on a date with Raquel while filming, which I believe has happened because there was some footage that was leaked. It was unclear when the footage was recorded, but there was a date that they went on, and I believe Vanderpump cameras were there filming it. So that already checks out. Um, he continued used to lie to me and say that he wanted to work on things but behind my back continued to talk bad about me and disown being a stepdad my family will need time to heal from all of this please respect your privacy um we would like to move through this public uh, we would like we've been through publicity we've been through publicly and behind closed doors please keep us in your prayers yes i have receipts on everything and she dropped those receipts and oh boy we learned a lot about his tasty cock we learned a lot about his moves in the bedroom we've learned about all of the throats that he's been getting um she doxed one of the women because the phone number was in there i mean it was wild these dms none were with raquel though right none of these were raquel's dms yeah none of them were with raquel and from what i understand from from the sources i've spoken to raquel was under the impression that oliver and samantha were separated and going through a divorce but samantha was not under that impression (laughs) and uh, found out about Oliver's alleged cheating with Raquel and the other women after the fact. And so now she seems to be considering divorce, knowing that her husband stepped out on her. But yeah, it's really, 
really messy. Uh, the date that they went on, that was filmed the day that Samantha released all her messages. And I believe that was... Oh, so that was filmed the same day. Yes, it was filmed the same day. And it was Friday the 2nd? Friday, September 2nd, I believe. It was that same day. And so what I'm hearing is that Raquel, as she was getting ready for her date with Oliver, they had made out in Vegas prior. And so she was willing to explore this connection further as season 10 of Vanderpump Rules was filming. And so Samantha's messages came out as she was getting ready for this date. And then she went on the date. We saw the video footage of them hugging, sitting down for the date. But apparently it wasn't just a normal date. It was Raquel saying, look, what you told me wasn't true. And I'm here to tell you that that's not cool. And I guess Raquel put him in his place. So I don't know what the future holds for (laughs) Oliver and Raquel, but Raquel definitely decided to speak up for herself and say, look, you are two-timing me and Samantha, and that is not cool. And I'm not going to be played like that. So And all these other women in the GMs. And, yeah, and all those women, because, though, yes, aside, aside from Raquel, aside from Samantha, he was allegedly talking all this kind of crazy business to the other girls. I mean, to be honest, like, the sex thing was fire. Like, if, if some, I mean, I'm an engaged man, but I'm just saying if I wasn't, some of the sex that Oliver allegedly sent, like, total turn on. I mean, I just love that one all of this was happening as Garcelle was filming her triumphant scene with Lisa Vanderpump for Vanderpump Rules. Um, like, perfect timing. Because, uh, I, you know, the two of them were like, this is going to be such an iconic moment. We're filming together. Lisa Vanderpump, Garcelle. And on the same day, Samantha decides to go public with all of this information. And I also love that Erica started following Oliver as this was all breaking. I need to know more about that because, as we all know, if you've been watching The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, Erica and Oliver, well, Erica and Garcelle's children had their moment, but, like, Erica and Oliver also had, like, a weird moment where, like, Erica was sitting on him and saying, like, let's have a threesome, let's do this, let's do that, like, talk to your baby mama about it. So, I don't know. Oliver is currently private because of all the mess that's going on. So, I do wonder, like, was he private before he accepted Erica's follow and if he accepted it after he was private what does that mean now that he it he i mean he said in in a since deleted instagram post that he and samantha are divorcing now that he's divorcing her he's a single man raquel has told him yo like i'm not feeling that like now is he exploring his options in the way of erica jane he's like yo that a a hookup situation with erica jane kind of sounds nice right now i don't know I mean, well, let's see if Erica's still following him or if maybe she got blocked Yeah, check that something. out. <laughs> I know she was following him and people were like, oh my gosh. And then I didn't know. I mean, I figured he was going to be. No, she's not currently following him. So either she's unfollowed him mm. or he's blocked her. Interesting. Okay, okay. I mean, yeah. listen. Why not? I mean, at that point, he's technically single now. Erica, slide into those DMs. He is single and he's Could very you imagine? handsome. That would be another Brandy Glanville moment where she, and remember when she slept with Max's best friend and Lisa was like, you slept with Max's best friend. She's like, I did. And it was great. And she's like, yeah, why 24. not? And she's like, so what? 
<laughs> yeah, go for it, Erica. Why the fuck not? Like, obviously, he's single now. Mm-hmm. So what are your thoughts on Raquel? Because so many people in the comments are saying, oh, she sure gets around. But I'm just like, she's single, okay? Like, she can get around if she wants to get around. And listen, we've heard she's talked to what? three guys that doesn't mean she's banging all three guys and if she wanted to bang all three guys at the same time that's her prerogative she's single she went on a date with peter she has now gone on a date with oliver she's made out with oliver and we know that she was making out or according to i believe it was your sources evan she was making out with people at sheena's wedding um I think that's hard, like, making out with a couple of people. Listen, when I was on tour, I made out with three people in one night in Nashville. So uh, <laughs> that's hardly getting around. So you and Raquel are obviously kindred spirits. Yeah, I don't... Uh, look, Raquel's single. She yeah. she should have the freedom to make out with whoever the hell she wants to, whether it's Oliver, Schwartz, Peter, like, go do your thing. What I do love about this whole situation is that Oliver's wife, Samantha... She posted a statement on her Instagram story and she was like, look, like, I don't blame Raquel. Like, she's been nothing but kind and respectful throughout this whole process. And that lines up with the information that I've been getting from my sources is that Raquel, she truly thought that Oliver was like in the process of getting a divorce, that he was separated. So obviously, Oliver kind of relayed some incorrect information to her. And I don't think that Raquel would have ever accepted a date with Oliver. Had she known the situation between him and Smith, I don't think she would have ever made out with Oliver if she had known that they weren't actually getting a divorce. And now that it's like blown up this way, now Samantha's like, okay, well maybe I actually do need to get a divorce. Yeah. I, I don't blame Raquel for anything. I'm, I'm so happy for her. I'm happy for any girl who goes after it. Like she is living her single girl fantasy and yeah, she, she deserves to live her single girl fantasy. Like I'm not mad at all. I mean, and can we say like, she's clearly just like trying everything, right? Because James Kennedy, Peter Madrigal, Tom Schwartz, (laughs) and then Oliver, like none, there's nothing remotely similar about any of these four guys. I mean, other than maybe like Oliver and Peter are both kind of more muscular, but like Schwartz (sighs) is more doughy and James is like super skinny. I mean, they're all kind of tall. So she likes them tall. But other than that, I mean... Look, you got to see what sticks. She's weighing her options. She's seeing what's going to work for her. And you can't blame her for that. I... I'm down for this Raquel renaissance. I I hope that season 10 is her moment to blossom. Like, who knows? Like, she may end up being, like, the next Stassi of Vanderpump Rules. Is there any of the three options, Peter, Schwartz, Oliver, that you're kind of really rooting for right now? Like, who do you want Raquel to give the final rose to? I think that if I could uh, decide who she gave the final rose to, I would say Schwartz. Uh, because I think that Oliver is a little bit messy with his current situation with Samantha. So yeah, I'd say give the final rose to Schwartz because I think that there could be something there. Like they're both so sweet. Like I've met Schwartz and Raquel in person and they're both very sweet people. They're a little passive. I don't know if that, I don't know how that would like impact a long-term relationship, but I feel like they're both so similar that there is potential for something to blossom. I think that there could be something beautiful that could come out of it. And I just find Schwartz is so sweet. Like he honestly, like every time I interview him for page six, like I remember I was at the Vanderpump Vegas opening and we were on the carpet and he literally had me sit down with him. Like we like sat 
on on the carpet and like talked for like 12 minutes he's just so kind so like i want to give him my final rose to schwartz so i'm hoping that raquel gives her final rose to schwartz also i find peter very attractive i know like maybe some people would agree with that okay so basically what i'm saying is fuck mary kill so mary schwartz mm-hmm. fuck peter mm-hmm. kill oliver not because i want to see oliver dead but just because i want to see raquel remove herself from like a situation that's just like she's not gonna be able to fix that see i would fuck oliver because i mean the dm said it all oh that yes that part yes okay see because I I mean, we're not keeping them that. around yeah you might as well i mean he's already <laughs> like you might as well to try it on for size i mean it's like a sample at costco um and then <laughs> i would definitely marry schwartz and yeah i would definitely kill peter only i, I i'm not i'm not the biggest i wouldn't date peter um have you interviewed him have you met him I've met Peter. I've never like technically like interviewed him, but I've met him. I've seen him out at the restaurants. And I will say the last time I saw him, I was at like a work dinner with like some of the page six crew in LA and we were at sir. And he was like the way he was like, so kind to my female coworkers, like attracted me to him. Like if he, like, he was so (laughs) nice. Like, I just love a nice boy. And so like, if I were a girl and he was interested in me and he asked me out on a date, I would 100% say yes. I don't know. I'm just, Peter's kind of my type. Like he's like, he's like big, he's tall. He's like a little like beefy. He's kind. Like I'm, I'm into Peter. Peter, if you're listening, like Take me on a date. I am engaged physically. to a man, but <laughs> Peter, I'm single. Um, physically, yes, and he. I will say he has very like strong sexual chemistry that like he can very like get you. You know who else has that is Sandoval that I didn't expect. Sandoval has very strong sexual chemistry that I yes. was like, hi, wow, I did not. The pheromones are just like coming out at me. Um, Sandoval could 100% get it. Even like I- I've met him in person like many times, but like even just watching the show he's so sweet he's so kind he's so considerate like sandoval let's get to it i'm ready so what is the latest that we have on raquel and schwartz i think peter is exhausted and i think (laughs) oliver is clearly not an option anymore so i think with raquel and schwartz it's kind of like up in the air now that she told oliver like yo like that's not cool what you did i think that maybe that leaves a door open for her and Schwartz to continue whatever was going on at the wedding at Sheena's wedding. So I don't know, like maybe this whole Oliver situation happened for a reason. And the reason was for Raquel to figure out that Schwartz is the man for her. I mean, I think I want, I want to see Schwartz happy and I kind of feel like Raquel deserves to be happy too. I feel like James and Katie were a little bit much for the two of them, like James mm. could be very mm-hmm. aggressive towards Raquel and Katie could be very aggressive towards Schwartz. But I feel like they both have a much more like calming energy that that might actually kind of be a nice coupling. Yeah. I think that Raquel and Schwartz could have a very easy relationship and they're also so they're both just so cute. Like I love, <laughs> I love the way they look together. I think that Schwartz is so freaking handsome and I think Raquel is so beautiful. And I told her this before. I was at one of Sandoval's concerts and I went up to her in person just because like it was like on my mind. She looks like if Olivia Jade and Olivia Palermo had a baby. Yes. And 
she did not know who Olivia Palermo was. So I had to like literally Google image Olivia Palermo for her, but she agreed. And so anyways, I just think that Raquel's just so like, so like physically gorgeous. And I yes. think that Schwartz is also physically gorgeous that yeah. it just makes sense for me. Like, I don't know what they would talk about, but I don't care as long as there's pictures of them together. They don't need to talk. They make out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Culture, society. On every street and around every bend lies a world positively overflowing with both. But sometimes we can all use a night in, removed from the endless spiral of chaos and absolute nonsense that waits outside our doors. And for those nights, there's Drizzly, the number one app for alcohol delivery. With Drizzly, you can shop local stores and compare prices on the biggest selection of beer, wine, and spirits, then get your favorite drinks delivered to your door in under 60 minutes. All from the comfort of your couch. Because society is great, but it doesn't have your couch. And it's windy out. And you forgot your jacket. And oh my god, would you look at the line at that place? Are you serious? I... (sighs) So download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y dot com today. Um, okay, so let's pivot over. I want to talk about Bethany potentially getting canceled again, okay? I mean, I feel like she gets canceled all the time. But <laughs> anyway, so the Bethany, the Spencer, the Lisa, the Courtney. Okay, so Spencer Pratt posted on his TikTok about Lisa Kudrow saying that she's the worst celebrity that he's ever met. Yes. He claims Which... <laughs> he claims that they were at a party with her and Heidi back in the day and this is when Lisa Kudrow he claims approached Heidi and told her that she needed to dump Spencer because she was afraid that Spencer was going to kill her one day which very extreme um do you think that this is true is was Lisa Kudrow a big fan of the Hills <laughs> Now that you ask like that like yeah I don't know was Lisa Kudrow a big fan of the Hills like according to Spencer she was certainly watching, but I, I would never take her for a Hills fan. Right. However, I, I don't think that Spencer would make up all that he said. I mean, apparently he told or she told Heidi that Spencer had serial killer eyes I, and was yeah. like, scared of him. Uh, so obviously she was tuned in, maybe not to the show, but certainly to like the tabloid coverage yeah. back in the day. And you know, in, in Lisa Kudrow's defense, like the end of Spidey's Hills journey was dark. It was dark. Like they weren't even invited to the finale party because I think that Spencer like allegedly threatened to kill a producer. So like, you know, things were rough back then, but the producer ended up being Adam divine. Is that him? The one was it Adam? I'm not sure if like the producer that Spencer allegedly threatened to inflict physical harm on was adam himself it may have been i'm not sure i need to do i just know there was beef with when he went on color daddy recently he talked about adam after Kristen and audrina talked about adam so i just kind of that's my own presumption is that maybe he was the producer that they were having beef with because i believe spencer has accused adam of being inappropriate with heidi Oh, totally. Yes. Spencer has for sure accused Adam of being inappropriate with Heidi. And he very well may have been the one that Spencer allegedly threatened to inflict physical harm on. I'm I'm not sure. But the end of their Hills journey was dark. And maybe Lisa sensed that, whether through watching the show, whether 
through reading Us Weekly. I'm not really sure, but she decided to say something and it rubbed Spencer the wrong way. And I think it's a tough situation because like Spencer has been so vocal after the fact saying that like, you know, I was playing a character. Like I knew I had to be the villain. That's what I had to do. So who knows what was real, what wasn't real. What is uh, apparently real is Spencer's opinion on Lisa Kudrow, that she's a sucky person, as Lauren Conrad would say. And I guess Bethany also didn't have a wonderful experience with Lisa Kudrow. She was like, I also like had a weird moment with her. And then she posted another TikTok. Kind she of like a couple of them. Yeah. Well, yeah. Do you think that Lisa Kudrow's comment was made in jest or do you think it was like a genuine like concern for Heidi? Like, let me pull this young girl aside and let me give her my like genuine thoughts. Because I feel like Lisa Kudrow, I don't know, the impression that I get from her is like maybe like, it, I mean, it sounds like there's possibly some hyperbole behind those words. I mean, serial killer eyes, like to me, it just sounded a little dramatic. Yeah, no, I I agree with you. Maybe there was like some hyperbole going on. And I think that, you know, back in the day, the the lines between reality versus what was scripted on the hills was so blurred. So I think that maybe Lisa was like coming through like an actually concerned place because like back in the day, viewers weren't as sophisticated. Like now I can watch reality show and kind of like figure out like what's like very much produced and what's not. And back in the day when I was watching the hills, I kind of believed everything. All, yeah. Yeah. Like I thought it was like 85% real. So when the Hills ended and when Spidey's journey ended on the Hills, like I was such a Heidi fan yeah. that like, I was like, Oh, like Heidi would be so great without Spencer because he's really exhibiting some concerning behavior. But like, now that he's like spoken about his experience and now that we know what we know about reality TV, it, like it makes sense. Like he was just playing the villain. So I think that maybe like Lisa's comments could have come from, a place like like a good place uh but then when bethany shared her little story i was like okay did you go back and watch the clip of lisa kudrow and bethany i have not watched it back yet but i need to do it because bethany's little story on tiktok i found very interesting Interesting. it was kind of like she was she was trying to like be like I didn't mean it like Lisa Kudrow was fine but there were some factors that contributed to her lack of engagement during our interview yeah I think well because Bethany just made a comment about like it was really just like essentially a same sort of like comment that she left on Spencer as like kind of like uh, relating to him about Lisa Kudrow kind of being um, a little, her experience being a little bizarre. And then it ended up making a bunch of, of headlines saying that like Spencer and Bethany both agreed that Lisa Kudrow is the worst thing ever. And then Bethany like tried to clarify it. And she was saying that, her interview with Lisa was just very bizarre because it felt like Lisa wasn't fully present and she wasn't like, as you said, engaged. Um, Like she just didn't seem like she really wanted to be there. And Bethany's like, it kind of felt like it was probably because she owed a favor to Ellen and Ellen produced my show that maybe like she kind of had to be there for whatever reason, but it didn't feel like she wanted to be there. So I went back and I watched the clips. What did you think? Nothing in that interview indicates that Lisa Kudrow did not want to be there. Hmm. Like, I mean, if any, Bethany was just as awkward interviewing her as she's always been on on her talk show. But, like, there was nothing that indicated that Lisa Kudrow was uncomfortable or kind of dodging questions. Like, listen, I know when celebs are trying to dodge questions. Um, and I don't think she was doing that. 
What was the line of questioning? Like, what was she talking to her about? They talked about kids. Um, they talked about friends. She had uh, Lisa Kudrow sing Smelly Cat. So it seemed like a light interview. I'm wondering if it's maybe, I don't know if you've ever experienced this interviewing people, but I know I've had these moments where sometimes you come across a certain person that has a very strong energy that can feel a little intimidating. So it kind Mm. of just rattles you a little bit. So you kind of feel like, and a lot of the times I've learned that it comes from usually like nerves. Rarely are they trying to be a dick. They're just kind of nervous in the circumstance. So it may come off as a little intimidating or off-putting, but it's rarely ever trying to be intentionally rude. Right. No, I can totally agree with you there. Like, I'm actually just thinking about like, now that you said that, I'm like looking back at like my, the interviews where I have felt like that. And there was like, I'm, I've never seen like a full episode of Pretty Little Liars. Like, I really don't care about Pretty Little Liars whatsoever. Yeah. But like, maybe like 10 years ago, there was an interview opportunity with Shay Mitchell. And I, I don't know what it was about interviewing her. But like her presence and her aura and just like the energy she was giving me was so off-putting and imitating that like during my interview, like my teeth were like literally chattering. Like I was beyond nervous. I don't know what it was. I maybe it was like nerves on on both sides yeah. because like really, why would I fucking care? I've yeah. I've never seen an episode of Pretty Little Lives. So like yes, I understand that. And like maybe that's what Bethany was experiencing with. Lisa, maybe like Lisa was like, why am I doing this like talk show with a former real housewife? Yeah. Like, and like Bethany was probably picking up on that energy too. I don't know. I mean, but Bethany also had Justin Bieber on the show. Like it was such a random collection and Ramona, like Lisa Kudrow, <laughs> Ramona Zinger, Justin Bieber. Like it was such a random collection um, of guests, but. I actually went to a live taping of Bethany's show oh, when I lived in New York City and the guests on for that particular show was Snooki uh-huh. and Snooki I've loved Snooki I could talk for days about how much I love Snooki and Snooki's always ready to play ball and do what she needs to do yeah. for whatever needs to be done but I remember on that episode there was like some questioning about like breast implants and like Snooki's thoughts about like getting breast implants in the future and I just like it felt like I don't know, like awkward. And like, I, th- I feel like Bethany's strategy on her talk show was always like, it wasn't like, hey, let's like have a conversation. It was like, hi, welcome to the lion's den. Like yes. I'm ready to fucking eat you. Yes. And it was always like this. And I don't know if it's maybe because her brain just is so good at working in reality television where you kind of oftentimes like are, are forging things and having moments, you know, like making Lisa Kudrow sing Smelly Cat, the way she kind of brought, like it kind of was, Lisa, you could tell was like a little caught off guard by, she's like, can you belt out Smelly Cat right now? And Lisa was kind of like, oh, I, sh- sure, I can belt out, sm- like I'll sing it. Like, so, and there were a lot of those moments. Like I remember the Omarosa interview on Bethany. That was like a really contentious interview. And so I feel like you're right. Bethany has a way of, I think she thinks of it as having these Oprah moments, whereas Oprah can really get you to let your guard down. And Bethany, I don't think has that same bedside manner or like that, like that, like energy that opens you up and kind of makes you feel a little comfortable or, or lets you feel safe in the space. Yeah, it kind of like puts you on the defense. I, I'm curious to know your thoughts on the Courtney Stodden Bethany interview that has resurfaced yes. <laughs> recently. Like when you watch it back. 
what do you see? Because I know that with Courtney Sutton in particular, like just all the changes that have happened societally. Yeah. Like we we look at Courtney's story through a different lens today. Yes. Um. I, Beth, I so Courtney was what nineteen at the time that she was on Bethany, right? Yes. So I remember watching that interview like when it first kind of came out, and I've seen it a couple of times since then. But I remember watching it, thinking Bethany is is um. I don't know if I feel like bullying's a really strong word, but I feel like Bethany saw this as like a blonde bimbo that isn't because Bethany's thing is about branding, right? And marketing. What's your brand? That that was her her issue with Amorosa. She's like, Amorosa, what's your brand? Your brand is controversial. And Amorosa's like, no, my brand is I'm a smart woman. And so Bethany, I feel like, was doing the same thing with Courtney, and she wanted Courtney to kind of um like define the brand while Bethany was also kind of trying to like position and prop Courtney is just this dumb blonde bimbo, which to be fair was the character Courtney was playing at that time. Now we can go back and be like, well, she was really young. Her parents, uh, you know, pushed Courtney into, uh, fame from a very young age. Courtney was married to a much older man. Like it's dark. And I think at the time we looked at that as sensationalized and like tabloid drama that we were fixated by without realizing how dark that situation actually was and how it was an older man preying on such a young, um, at the time, young girl. And um, so I feel like the interview was very uncomfortable to watch. So I had actually heard about Courtney's discomfort with Bethany a couple of years ago. So Courtney used to have a podcast. It was a very short-lived podcast. It got canceled um, called This Is Courtney uh, or This Is Courtney Stodden. And so on that podcast, I ended up being a co-host on it. Um, the producers really wanted me to be on the project and I uh, did it reluctantly um, because I'd known Courtney's brand, you know, as, you know, Bethany. Um, and again, in, in reference to the Bethany interview, I feel like Bethany was a little hard on her and like kind of was trying to poke fun at her. Um, and listen, we look back and see what like the Letterman interview with Paris Hilton that like the culture was kind of like, let's kick these you know, blonde, big boobed women while they're down, right? Like, let's not really give them much credibility because, you know, in society, their value is just to be sexualized. So I ha- I do have experience working with Courtney. And I know you and I have very different experiences working with Courtney. But my experience wasn't the best experience. I felt like Courtney and my issue with Courtney has been that I feel like they like to... I don't want to say, I think it's unfair to say capitalize off of cultural moments, but there's definitely a drive to uh, push headlines. And there's definitely a drive to manufacture drama. And I remember that at the time when we filmed the podcast together, there was constantly a need to pick at other celebrities to create these feuds. And if we look back at history... Courtney has had many feuds with different celebrities. We've had Chrissy Teigen. We have, have had Bethany. That I think Courtney... and. This may just be the environment that Courtney was raised in, but I feel like there's just this desire to run towards chaos and to manufacture drama in order to stay relevant. And I think it probably comes from just a a, a place of comfort or familiarity or whatever it is. But I always take everything that Courtney says with a grain of salt because I remember hearing this Bethany story, I think back in like the, the end of 2018 when Courtney first brought it up, you know, and said that, 
they felt that Bethany was kind of, you know, rude to them and that Bethany was bullying them and that Bethany didn't give the best interview. Um, And listen, and I empathize with it. I empathize with it then. But behavior on that podcast just kind of made me feel like because the intention was to create something buzzy and then the team would have to then take that and put it out in a press release, which is common on podcasts to take things that people say on podcasts and then to distribute that via a press release to different news outlets. But I felt like that intention just was a little too uncomfortable for me. And there was one celebrity in particular that Courtney tried to pick a feud with that was kind of the last line for me because it was somebody that I was very close to. And I was like, you're dragging me into this vortex of chaos and I don't want to be any part of it. And just behind the scenes, Courtney was not the most pleasant to work with um, and not the most professional to work with. And I even went back to like look at my old text messages and emails with the producers at that time to be like, am I rewriting history or were these actually my feelings and experiences? And so I looked back and I was like, okay, this is validating that I remember these experiences happening and that, you know, it just, it wasn't the most pleasant or inviting experience. And I ultimately ended up quitting the show. Um, and then it just got canned altogether. Taking out your personal interactions with Courtney, what do you make? Like if you were just observing Courtney's feuds with Bethany and Chrissy and, and anyone else that Courtney has had a feud with, like what are your like personal opinions? Do you feel like Courtney has made points there are moments where i want to believe that courtney is doing this with pure intentions right i want to believe that when she you know is bringing up some of these experiences that these are coming from a genuine place but even just in my analysis of kind of watching courtney's uh history and background just you know with my experience aside i do feel like there's always a moment to be had you know, every time there's something culturally relevant, I feel like Courtney finds a way to jump in on that. And um, and that's just my opinion now. That's taking my experience out of it. My opinion is that I really, yes, she does. Yes, Courtney does have r- valid points and I don't want to diminish their experience. However, I also feel like there very much is, and maybe it's just that I grew up in Los Angeles and I know people that are constantly looking for those moments. I'm pretty sure I've found myself, you know, and maybe that's how I'm able to identify it as I found myself being caught up in wanting to drive a headline that I'm able to kind of recognize that in Courtney. But I do think there are mo- there are moments where there are genuine uh genuine and valid points that Courtney is making, but I also feel like a lot of it is with the intention of driving relevance. So erase your entire personal interactions with Courtney. You were asked on a red carpet. Yeah. Zach, who are are you team Courtney? Are you team Bethany? Like, what are your thoughts? Team Courtney, team Bethany. I mean, in that specific instance, I would say I don't like the way that Bethany treated Courtney, and I believe that that was unfair. However, to Bethany's point as well, I believe Courtney was trying to brand herself a certain way that is what the the public was reacting to at that time. You know, you come out with this really bright bleach blonde hair, you have these big boobs, you're wearing these very skimpy outfits, um, that I think that it was... 
you know, it's just, I mean, like, listen, I bleach my hair. I know that there's a level of credibility that I lose with certain people with the way that they see me. Um, that I think that that's just perception. Your your body and your physique are your business card. So I don't like the way that Bethany treated Courtney. I don't think that it was fair. I didn't like the interview then. I don't like the interview now. But I believe that it, there's a bit of some gray area because I don't, I think at that time, especially Courtney liked to play up that character. Right. Yeah. And I think that was like because of the like conditioning yeah. she had it. Absolutely. They had experience at the time. And Courtney was, what, 19 at the time? That I don't think there was a level of awareness on how to act. That's why I think even with behavior that I recognize now, I think it's coming from a place of, you know, still trying to survive the trauma that was experienced from a very young age. I think it's yeah. still operating from a place of survival. Um, so I do have a lot of empathy to send that way. But also, yeah. What did you think of Bethany's response to Courtney because <laughs> Courtney shared a DM allegedly sent yeah. from Bethany and Bethany kind of implied that she is responsible for Courtney's self growth. It was very Kanye West, right? Because, you know, yes. I mean, to be fair, you know, the argument could be made that Kanye did help make Taylor a little more uh, culturally relevant because he made her much bigger than um, or that moment made them both a lot more talked about at that time. Um, and she'd been a little newer to the scene, Taylor Swift. But it was very Kanye West, where there was a very big ego involved. And Bethany does everything and always operates from a place of big ego. And so my recollection was she was trying to say that, Courtney, it looks like you've changed a lot since then. I would hope that your experience on my show kind of uh, uh, motivated this change in behavior. It seems like you're no longer branding yourself that way anymore. Um I kind of beg to differ a little bit, but I do think that Bethany took a lot of credit for Courtney's growth and evolution. Um, and I didn't like that. And I think Bethany often gets blinded by her ego. She's a great personality. And I think people can relate to her thoughts a lot and to her opinions a lot. However, her ego is always what's get, what gets in the, the way of like, her likability and her like just human element because she always likes to take credit for things that, aren't hers to take credit for. So I don't think she, I don't think Courtney's evolution is credited to Bethany Frankel. If anything, it was probably the opposite because Courtney's talked about how, she, how they cried after having to do that show and how that show was awful for, you know, for them to experience. So I want to validate that and be like, that's shitty that I'm pretty sure if anything, it made you afraid of the media more than it made you want to evolve. Right. And so after you quit your show with Courtney, was there any correspondence after? I had zero desire to speak to Courtney afterwards. Zero okay. desire. Just the experience, like Courtney always showed up late, always canceled at the last minute. I'm somebody that always tries to be professional. So if I commit to a time and a place, I'm always there. And we were in studio. It wasn't like today where like, or like today's era where so many things are done via Zoom or digital. So if I was planning to be in the studio and I find out while I'm on my way to the studio that we're canceled today because for whatever the reason is, you know, it was just, and then the environment on the actual set was just very toxic. Um, I didn't like the way producers were spoke, spoken to. I didn't like the way people were treated. I didn't like the way, um, like there was, very, there was one specific incident where there was a lead producer who I found to be very sweet and very kind. And Courtney created this whole 
thing about this producer screaming at her on the air and I watched the footage back and I was there and I was present and I even watched it back recently and I was like, that didn't happen. But then Courtney didn't stop until that producer was removed from the show and ultimately that producer was removed from the show and I was like, that was not fair. So there were a lot of those things. But then again, Courtney also wasn't, never showed up really all there. Like they would show up high and, and, and drink and openly admitted that on the show as well. So that's not an accusation that I'm making that, you know, is based off of my recollection. It was what Courtney admitted on the show. So I think that maybe there was a bit of a substance abuse issue that may have impaired some of the judgment and that could have possibly been related to this behavior, but I did not like the behavior that I witnessed. And that was the reason I completely disengaged from having any communication after that. What year was this? This was uh, 2018, 20, early 2019. Okay. Wow. So if I had been asked to <laughs> co-host a podcast with Courtney Sutton, I would, <laughs> like, I would be so honored because I've been such a fan yeah. for such a long time. So it's interesting to hear your experience. And you've had a very different experience situation. and you've always had a pleasant experience with Courtney, right? Yeah. Yeah. I've always had a pleasant experience. Like Courtney has always been uh, like, I mean, any, I interviewed her, I interviewed them over zoom earlier this year. So articulate, so kind on time. Like it was a, it was a great discussion. Like any, anytime we've worked together in any capacity, it's always been a pleasant experience. So I'm wondering if like maybe like I don't know just maybe there had maybe there was like some like serious evolution that happened since 2018 Listen, and I think because that's my experiences totally with possible. Courtney have been happened post 2018 yeah I and I think that that's totally possible and I'm always willing to give people the grace to kind of grow and listen I'm pretty sure and I, I'm pretty sure people have horror stories of me and I think <laughs> circumstances really influence things and I think people you're surrounded with can influence you um, and that's not to say that people can't be an asshole one day and not be I always like to say I never like to pit people as good or bad I always like to say people are human and they're equal parts good and bad and it just depends on the circumstances and the influences around you that determine, you know, how you end up showing up that day. Um, and I, listen, I hope that Courtney has grown since then. I hope that that's not the experience that, you know, I don't want anybody to have that type of experience working on that set. I know I just always had a lot of anxiety taping that show and I was always kind of on the edge of my seat and I always had like my butthole clenched because I was like, oh, what's going <laughs> to happen today? Um, but listen, I am willing to give room for evolution and growth. I have not kept up with Courtney since then, um, at least in the the year prior you know, I kind of saw the same type of person, but I kind of disengaged from it. And there's a total possibility that things have changed and evolved since then. Um, and I'm willing to give that credit. I don't know because I haven't kept up with Courtney. Um, I just know what my experience was a few years ago, you know. Well, uh, no matter what your experience with Courtney was, I urge you to stream Boy Destroyer because it is such a bop. Listen, like, the music is a bop. Discredit. The music is a bop. The music is a fucking bop. Like, I, I feel like people don't give Courtney the credit they deserve when it comes to producing bops because Boy Destroyer, um, Asphalt, uh, Reality, like, there are just so many incredible... Oh, also A Pleasure. Like, Courtney can actually sing. Like, she's, like, in my opinion, like, a certified pop girl. Like, I am so obsessed with her music. Uh, so if, if you are listening and want to get into Courtney's discography, I urge you to start with Boy Destroyer because it's so fucking good. Yes. I, I mean, listen, 
talent is still talent and Courtney has delivered some bobs. It's the same thing I say with like Erica Jam. Like you don't have to like Erica, but you have to admit expensive is a bop. Yes, so, 100%. And listen, my experience with Courtney is just one person's experience at one period of time. Many things could have influenced that. Um, I just am, I'm, I'm still to this day skeptical of Courtney. But again, my opinion is, can always be swayed with new experiences. So if Courtney and I were to get drinks and we wanted to invite you, would you come? Oh, I don't know. Um for you and with you, Evan, I would be open to it. If Courtney okay. just texted me and was like, hey, want to grab drinks, babe? I don't think I would have responded to that. Um, but listen, well, I mean, it's also like Raquel, right? I did not like Raquel at the beginning of Vanderpump Rules. But like Sheena and everybody would always tell me how like sweet and great Raquel is. And so I was like, okay, fine. I guess I'll give her a try. I'll give her a chance because there's an endorsement behind it, right? Right. Okay. So I, I'm endorsing Courtney. I think that we could like reunite you two and we (laughs) could start a new relationship in 2022. Y'all listeners stay tuned because me, Zach and Courtney are about to cut it up in West Hollywood. (laughs) Okay. I mean, listen, I'm always open to people evolving and changing. We'll have to see. Okay. But I, I mean, I feel like after this, now I have to go listen to some of her music now that you've revived some of the <laughs> Yes, bombs. it's so good. Oh, Evan Real, is, is there any other, like, juicy story that's been, like, plaguing your brain over the oh, weekend? What happened plaguing I mean, I've just been obsessed brain. with the Oliver stuff. That, to me, was, like, the juiciest. Yes, the Oliver stuff is, like, absolutely crazy. I can't wait to see how it all plays out on the show because it's, it's so interesting, the experience, like, reporting it and then seeing, you know, what is in the press versus what yeah. is actually shown on the season. So that'll be interesting to see play out. Um, yeah, think- I feel like this weekend was, like, Courtney versus Bethany, yeah. Oliver and Raquel. And then uh, there's also, I, I don't know if you've been, like, paying attention to this season of Real Housewives of Atlanta. Yes. Yeah, I've I've been loving this season. I did watch the screener for the, the season 14 finale. Okay, and Andy Cohen said that it's the best finale that we've had for Atlanta in a couple of years. Oh my God, it's so good. The She by Sheree fashion show is... And it's a moment, but the ending, like, you know, when they do like the the little title cards with like what yeah. happens after the fact, it was just so joyous there was like this um there's this remix like a like a like a house remix with Dwight from back in the day saying like a fashion show with no fashions how dreadful and it was like the girls dancing to that and then you see their title cards playing and I don't know it's I have I have not experienced serotonin from the real housewives franchise like that in a really long time um and then also Apollo, Apollo. he makes He's walking in the fashion show. He got into show. some trouble, didn't he? From his appearance, like some people weren't happy with things that he said on the show. Yeah, so like Phaedra's in a inner circle is is not pleased about what he said on the show because basically he got on the show and he was like talking shit about Phaedra. Yeah, and I feel like you know just as like a fan of Phaedra, like taking my journalist hat off, like I was like, what the hell? Because. Phaedra really stood by your side as much as she could when you were like convicted for fraud and then went to federal prison. Like she did the best she could. Like no one wants to like stick around in a situation like that. And he on the show with Sheree was like, 
Phaedra left me to rot. She wouldn't let me see my kids. Like, bro, you're like allegedly penniless and going to prison. Like, what business do you have with my kids? That's what I would think if I was Phaedra. So I thought it was like kind of like a little messed up that he went on the show and aired his dirty laundry with Phaedra so many years after the fact with Sheree of all people who was like supposedly a good friend of Phaedra. And who knows? I want to think that like Sheree stood up for Phaedra in the moment and maybe it was just edited out. But from what we saw on the show, it looks like like Sheree didn't stick up for Phaedra whatsoever, which I thought was like kind of concerning and disturbing and disappointing. Either way, Apollo still is fine and he looks good when he's walking in that fashion show at She by Sheree in his sweatpants showing off his you know what. And I'm not mad at that. Um, but maybe he could have spoken more kindly of Phaedra. Phaedra, yeah. Do you think he was doing it to have his moment on TV? Yeah. I mean, what else would it be for? Like, I can't imagine that. I mean, Phaedra said he needs the paycheck. Yeah, Phaedra's like, he needs the paycheck. He needs to. And that's what I would love to know. I would love to know. Okay, so like, hey, he films he one had scene with Sheree. He, had he does the fashion time. show. Like, how much money can Bravo really be forking over? Or is it just for his ego to be like back in the mix? Probably and both. Scenes and being talked about. Well, speaking of penniless and and going to prison, what are your thoughts <laughs> on, on season three of Salt Lake City? Oh my God, I can't wait. It was it, It's a weird thing on Salt Lake City because I felt like season two was like so long and i felt like once that season ended i just like needed a break but yeah after after the trailer for season three i'm so ready to get back into it it was so good it was so explosive the one thing though from the trailer that i didn't see and i'm maybe it's just because there wasn't much to film but any interactions between lisa barlow and meredith marks like we really didn't get into that and i want to see how that plays out on season three because just with the way things ended on season two, like, are we going to have like any sort of like confrontation? Because it didn't really seem like other than like the scene where they're all at the table and there was like Meredith, Whitney and Lisa and the accusations about Lisa giving sexual favors in order for Vita tequila placements and restaurants. Other than that, there wasn't like any sort of like explosive one-on-one interaction between Meredith and Lisa. And so I wonder if that, happened i want i just i need to see them together to at least just like discuss like hey we're not friends because you said this about me and this is how it's gonna be or maybe they decide to put it behind them which i don't think is gonna happen but either way i want to see them on camera together and that could have happened we just didn't see it in the trailer and no matter what i'm excited to see whatever happens I'm ready for it. I want yeah. to see a conversation between Mary. Well, because we didn't really get anything after the reunion, and the reunion didn't really forge any new hope that they were going to repair that friendship. Yeah, I know. It's like I'm I'm on the edge of my seat. I can't wait. I also can't wait to see how these new girls shake up the series. I mean, I know Oof. none of them are like technically full time, but it looks like they are ready to infiltrate the group create drama um, there's Shaw. there's a few angies running around and i know that I, oh i can't remember her name but she's beautiful with like dana. the gray hair what's her name dana yes that scene with her and yes. lisa i think yes. i and listen it's the, giving i love that heather mcdonald on her podcast said that she's she's bringing representation to the gray hair we're bringing <laughs> <Yes>. representation <laughs> 
I mean, she makes it look good. No, I mean, like, honestly, if I ever go like fully gray and I got a few gray hairs going on, if I go fully gray, I mean, I know she's not fully gray, but like she, she excites me for the potential See, of being I gray. She looks fabulous. There's a way to pull off gray. I don't think she's executed it quite well just yet. Okay, um, all right. I feel like it was just like a few like kind of stragglies that I feel like we could have just. My grandma taught me you just get a little mascara and you put it if you haven't if you haven't dyed it but you have a, a picture to take or something you just get a little mascara just to touch up in the meantime. I mean now they have like root touch up at CVS. Like girl, go to CVS <laughs> just a little bit. Uh, but listen, if she wants to own it, she can own it. But that doesn't mean I have to love it. <laughs> I mean, I just, I just love that she's like not afraid to like speak her mind. Do you have like, gray hair? Do you do I root do touch have up? A little bit of. Oh, you're letting like, it grow out. It's like right here on the side. I've seen like a few, and I don't know what I'm gonna do about it. Like, maybe I'm just gonna like enter my like zaddy era and let it happen, or I might color it. Who knows? It's like it's very like premature. We'll see what happens. Wait, can I ask you about this terrible this this haunting gym that you go to? You can ask about it. Yes. <laughs> what is this? Okay, if, if you need to follow Evan Real on on Instagram, because on his Instagram stories he posts these videos and pictures from this gym, <laughs> and it is the most terrifying thing I've ever seen because it looks like it's out of a scene from the movie Saw, which was his comparison, not mine. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I go to this gym in Studio City, which is where I live in LA, and I'm not gonna say the name of the the gym because I don't want to put them on blast. <laughs> you but... do put them on. Last on Instagram every day. <laughs> it's I never tag them on Instagram. I never tag them because honestly, I enjoy and appreciate the cheap rate yeah. that I get for the gym. It's only like $89 a month, which is if you live in LA, that's a that's a good deal. Yeah. So I go to this gym and honestly, it has everything you need. Like the gym itself isn't crazy. Um, it, it's it's wonderful, it's fine. It kind of like looks like it hasn't been updated since 2003, but it has all the machines you need. Anyways, the, the Locker room is a different situation. So it, it looks like the set of Saw. And I, I've thought about this for a really long time. And finally, I, I was just, you know, like, as you do after a workout, you're feeling good about yourself. You're taking a selfie. And I'm like, okay, the selfie is fire. But like, my background is actually hideous and kind of disturbing. Like, it really does look like the set of Saw. So, so I was like, I can't post this and like not acknowledge it. So I was like, yo, like... <laughs> I'm I'm sorry, but like the 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 my gym's locker room looks like the set of saw, and it really does. Like the the Terrifying. the lockers are like tattered. Some like it, it, I don't even know how to describe it. It's just like absolutely hideous and scary. And I am grateful that I survive every time that I go in there. But if you would like to see more saw locker room documentation, you can follow me on Instagram at Evan Real. I'm thinking about maybe giving a tour i think you should yeah guys go yeah. follow evan at evan real do you tweet a lot i feel like no, you're i don't tweet active. a lot i'm really Go bad ahead. on twitter to be Stay honest like twitter. i feel like so many journos are so good on twitter and they're like hey this is my story this is what i'm doing but i kind of like Twitter's put most of my work on instagram i could get better at twitter if you want to follow me on twitter it's at evan underscore real but honestly like don't waste your time just follow me on instagram because that's where most of the action is happening twitter including is the my, worst. my solid gym selfies twitter is the worst they are so vile on twitter evan well i love how active you are on twitter because when people <laughs> come for you on twitter you are not afraid to clap back like that if if I'm on Twitter, it's because I'm looking at Zach Peters' clapbacks on 
on Twitter. They it's get like, me into so you much. Trouble. Fuck. You know, because I just I have these moments where I just I'm impulsive. <laughs> I get a little Brandy Glanville and I get like a little mm-hmm. impulsive. Like I was ready to fight with somebody on um, on my way coming into today's taping. But I didn't. I refrained. I was like, good energy for Evan. Well, I think that like the thing about Zach is that he's always got a hot take and he's not afraid to share it. And I mean, sometimes your hot takes end up being like not just hot takes, but like correct takes. And when you Usually. share them in the moment... They seem controversial, but obviously you have good intuition. Wait, what's your sign again? I feel like I've asked I'm, you this before. I'm a Gemini. You're a Gemini. So, okay. So Geminis have good intuition. So like, if you guys are ever, ever questioning Zach, he's I have a Gemini. yet to be he's proven like wrong. Slightly psychic. I have yet to be proven wrong. So keep that in mind when you come for him on Twitter. Don't come for me. Because, yeah. uh, listen, you catch me at the wrong moment and I will clap back. Um, yeah. Thank you for listening to Hashtag No Fields with Zach Peter. Evan Rio, once again, what are your social handles so everyone can... So, well, I guess they can't slide into your DMs because you're engaged now. Congrats. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah. So, at Evan Rio is Instagram. You can still slide into my DMs. Like, I love meeting new people. And then at Evan underscore real is Twitter. But, like, I don't know. Don't Nobody really does it. <laughs> Did you, do you know about this Twitter Twitter green circle thing? So like I'm trying to like figure okay, it out, but like basically realize- it's just like gays like getting dick pics. Yeah, which like also I don't mind seeing. <laughs> so if you want to add me to your circle, add me to your circle. People I added me to their people added me to their circle, and then I was like, "What are these? Like, why are these dicks coming?" Because I'm not one of the people that like follows porn accounts and then likes mm. them, and then everybody sees your shit. But I had a flood of, of dicks on my feet, and I was like, what is this? And then it says you're in their green circle, and I was like, oh, that's what this is. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I have a separate account for that. <laughs> I love it. Thank you guys. Follow me at Just Plain Zach or follow the podcast at No Filter with Zach and get some No Filter Wine at NoFilterWine.com. Must be 21 or older to order, but head over right now because it's hot, and you're going to want a nice, fresh drink. All right. Love you. Mean it. Bye.